A man's journey with God begins, continues, and ends with supernatural encounters that he orchestrates for him. No man will ever discover, enter into, and fulfill God's purpose in his lifetime without these supernatural encounters with God. Each encounter you have with God will not only transform your life, but will shift you supernaturally to a pedestal of glory where God can use you to transform others. A moment of encounter with God will shift you from where you are to where you are supposed to be spiritually and physically. Prepare Prepare your heart for an uncommon uncommon transformation from from God's word and all-round miracles by by the power of the Holy Ghost as God's servant. Chidebele Chidebele Udeze leads us in this special moment of encounter with God. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Now, we started yesterday to look at the power to get wealth. This is very important. We are going to press further today on that because in the 40 days of power the Lord is not just concentrating only on the spiritual power he also wants to help us in the economic power and every other aspect of power now we started with Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 11 to 19 I want us to read it again we read verse 18 yesterday I would like us to read further from verse um, 11 down to 19 to date. Deuteronomy chapter 8, 11 to 19. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandment and his judgment and his status which I commanded this day. Lest when thou, thou hast eaten and are full and hast built goodly houses and dwell therein and when thy head and thy flocks multiply and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast multiplied, that thy heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage, who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions, and drought, where there was no water, who brought thee forth water out of the rock of Lint, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, and that he might prove thee to do thee good at the latter end. And thou say in thy heart, My power and the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. I repeat, verse 17. And thou say in thy heart, My power and the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. And it shall be, if thou do at all forget the Lord thy God, and walk after other gods, and serve them, and worship them, I testify against you this day that you shall surely perish. Please close that door. Lock that door. Now, I want you to note, please, that what God is saying 
to the children of Israel in this passage is that they will not forget that he is the one that gives them the power, the ability to get wealth. Because there is a tendency to think. That's why I took time to read the passage so that you can get the context. There is a tendency to think that my power and the might of my hand because I am engaging in a very powerful work because I am a, a great farmer because I am rearing animals there is a tendency for me to begin to think that this work of my hand this my energy this my intelligence is behind my success because yesterday I told us that we, we look we are looking at the divine element of the power but today there is a human element now I want you to note that you know when the Bible says that I am the Lord that giveth you power to get wealth there, there, there must be of course we know what you must do so the temptation that is coming to these people or will come to these people at this point is forgetting because of the fact that they are doing something they are doing something. So there is a tendency for them to think that it is by what I am doing that I am getting what I am getting. Are you getting it? Otherwise, God would have not talked to them. So that temptation is always around wealth. It's always around, you know, when your substance begins to increase. For you to think that, ah, it is my wisdom. Somebody may even ask you, how did you come to, what is the, 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 the secret, how you come to this point? You tell the person, I am doing this, I, I, I don't sleep in the night, I do this. and you, you will begin to ascribe your success and what you are doing to, to the effort and the level. So God was warning that, don't forget, but as for whether hard work, as for whether diligence leads to success, that is not negotiable. Are you getting it? It's even a universal law. When the Bible says, see it a man diligent in his business. He didn't say, see it, see it a believer. It's not about whether you are a believer. It's a general principle of a man. In other words, if an occultic man is diligent in his business, he is rising. If an atheist man is diligent, it's a universal law. And the believer that is not diligent in his business is not going anywhere. So there is that diligence factor. There is that hard work factor that you must consider as part of what will lead to wealth. You don't just wake up and say I'm trusting God that God will open door and give me this and give me that. No. You must also understand that you must work. We gave a message recently and those of us who have not listened to that message, go and listen to it. Go back again. The blessedness of hard work. The blessedness of very powerful one. Now, I want us to note that in Genesis 26 also, when God began to uh, bless Isaac in the land of famine, he said to him, don't go away from this land. In verse 12, after God has asked him to stay in the land, Genesis 26, verse 12, the Bible says, then Isaac, he didn't just stay in the land. Then Isaac sold in that land. God, look at what God told him in verse 3. He said, okay, verse 2. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt. 
Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with you, and will bless you. For unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries. And I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. And I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven. And I will give unto thy seed all these countries. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my status and my laws. Now, if you study what we have read, there is no place God said to Isaac to sow in the land. All that God told him is to dwell in the land and I will bless you. Are you getting it? Now, Isaac now know that it is not God that will come down and sow for him. Are you getting me at all? No! That's where many of us get it wrong. You say you are believing God for a miracle. You are believing God for... Even when you say you are believing God for a job, what have you done? To prepare yourself for the job. Are you getting it? Because if they invite you for interview and you don't have what it takes to offer them what they are looking for, they will not take you. And you will not say that it, it, is, it is not God. You are not qualified. You don't have the right, the right skill, the competence to give what they needed. It is not God that will get that education for you. It is not God that will work for you. It is you. There is something that you must do. Are you getting it now? So, of course, if you don't have the necessary qualifications, it is not God that will go and read a book for you, for you to get it. You must read and get that certificate before you can aim at that job that will give you that pay that you are talking about. Are you, are you getting me at all? So, I want you to note that Isaac came to know there are things that you must know. I have to sow in the land. Now look at it. The Bible said, then Isaac sowed in that land. Don't be idle. Go and sow. Even when God has said you stay in Enugu, stay in Lagos, stay in wherever he has asked you to stay, you must know that you have to sow in the land. God's work is to do what? To multiply the seed sown. He said, now he that ministered seed to the sower is also the same person that giveth bread to the eater. He said, he said, and God shall multiply your seed sown and increase your fruit of righteousness. I want you to see that scripture, very powerful scripture, Second Corinthians chapter uh, 9, uh, I think it should be verse 8 or so. Second Corinthians chapter 9, okay, verse 10. He said, now he that ministered seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness. I want to note, note something there. <laughs> I, there is something that man does in that verse. And there is something that God does. It is man that we sow the seed. God will not come down from heaven and sow the seed. The work of God in that verse is to multiply the seed sown. Are you getting me? You are a preacher. You are a preacher of the gospel. You, you preach the word of God. You teach the word of God. It's not God that will come and preach the word of God. 
it's not God that will, that will prepare a message that will help the life of people and deliver it. You have to take time. It's not God that you don't just wake up and say, God, come and no, 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 no. There is a you must do something. God's work is to bless. If you go back to Isaac, he said, and the Lord blessed him. He blessed him by multiplying what he has what sown, what he has worked. And so that aspect of our life is very, very important in building our the wealth. Okay, you know, like yesterday we met Isaiah chapter 48, verse 17 and 18. He said that he said, Thus says the Lord, your redeemer. Isaiah chapter 48, verse 17. He said, Thus saith the Lord, thy redeemer, the holy one of Israel. I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth thee to profit, which leadeth thee by the way that thou shalt shouldest go. You now say, Oh, that thou hast hearkened to my commandments. Then had thy peace been as a river, and thy righteousness as the waves of the sea. I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth thee. That's education, teaching, education. I, I, I teach you to profit. Now, he now said again, I lead you action towards the way you should go. That is, the way you should go about what you have learned. The work of God is to teach you. When he finishes teaching you, he will also direct you on how to go about implementing that which he has taught you. If you fail to do what God has taught you, the action, if you fail to move with diligence, with discipline, in, and determination into doing what God has led you to do, you will not have results. That was why he was saying, oh, that you have listened to me. Now think about it. If a teacher is ready to teach a student, and the student is not ready to listen. Eh? Have you seen some people that Instead of going to school, they say, I won't go to school. And later in, in their life, they start regretting. Hi, I wish I had gone to school. In those days, when the parents are saying, go to school, they say, no, 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 I don't want to go to school. I want to go and get money. And by the time they now get to the place where they will get money, they, know, they now know that they needed education. Because by the time they ask them to uh, maybe do some calculation about the money that they want to get now, they find out that they cannot calculate and it become a problem. In fact, they will just come to know that hey, I would have done better if I, if I was educated. Are you, are you getting it now? Now, so it is your work to take the education serious. God will not come and force knowledge into your head. And that's the aspect I want us to know. You know, the Bible says God gave Solomon wisdom. He gave him, um, what do you call it? Knowledge, um, he gave him understanding. In fact, I read chapter 4, verse 29, 1st King chapter 4, verse 29, and I saw something that was amazing. 1st King chapter 4, verse 29. Amazing. Are you there? He said, And God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding exceeding much. But that's not all he gave him. What else did he give him? 
and the largeness of heart, even as the sand that is on the seashore. I have to take time to study what is largeness of heart. That's one thing that we also need to pray. When we start praying now, we need to pray for largeness of heart. Because when I checked it with the Hebrew uh, language uh, explanation of the Bible, what it call it is breadth of mind. That is the length of your understanding. How, how far you can understand. Because Proverbs 23 verse 7 said, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. He didn't say, so he will become. He's already what he's thinking. That is when God looks at you now and see what you are thinking. That is you. Are you getting it? You cannot, you cannot ever rise beyond the level of your understanding in anything. In fact, when you reach this, it looks as if God came and carried wisdom and put in the head of Solomon until you read Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 13. You now see that what God gave Solomon is actually ability to get wisdom. Ability to study and go for knowledge. Now, look at Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 13. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 13. Are you there? He said, And I gave my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom concerning all things that are done under heaven. This sort travail has God given to the sons of man to be exercised therewith. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. Please pay attention to that verse. He said, I gave my heart to seek one and to search out. That's research. Research. To, to search out by wisdom concerning all things, not some things. That's why in that scripture, if you go back to that scripture in First Kings chapter 4, you will see that when the Bible says that God gave Solomon wisdom largeness of heart and all of that there are things that was written verse that, that, that he said and Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all the children of the east and all of that for he was wiser than all men verse 32 he spake 3,000 proverbs and his songs were 1,005 verse 33 he spake of trees from the cedar tree that is in Lebanon, even unto the high sop that springeth out of the wall. He spoke also of beasts and of fowl and of creeping things and fishes. And there came of all people to hear the wisdom of Solomon from all kings of the earth which had heard of his wisdom. I don't know whether you are following me at all. If you are following me, you would have picked the fact that when the Bible said that Solomon spoke 3,000 proverbs, spoke, yeah, wrote 1,500 songs, and then he spoke of trees, it was as a result of research. Are you getting it now? It was not as if he was somewhere and God was dictating about high soap and he was writing about high soap. No, he said, I gave my heart to seek and to search out is a labor, is a human work. He, he said, if you are in the academics, you will understand what I'm talking about. Because in the academics, 
you are doing a research work, you must have an objectives. And you must, th those objectives must be what people have not done in that area. You need to, you, you, are, you are seeking for a virgin knowledge or you are trying to improve what people have done. So when you are standing out, you say you are defending your project at master's level or PhD level, they will be asking you, what is your contribution? What is it that, are not, that is not there before in the body of knowledge that your research has brought in? Solomon said, I set my heart to search, to research. So when the Bible says God gave him wisdom, he was not passive. He was not just there saying, I am a wise king, I am a Solomon. No! He went into action. Are you getting me now? Wisdom does not just come by God putting something in your head. You see, I, 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 I set my heart, I set my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom. That is, the wisdom God gave me made me to know that I'm supposed to be diligent in seeking and searching out everything. That's why he spoke about every tree. That's why he spoke about every animal because he took time to conduct research on each tree. What a diligent man. Are you getting me at all? And that is why when he is speaking in the book of Proverbs, in the book of Ecclesiastes, you notice that this is a man who has taken time to research. To research. You know what they call research? R-E, search. There is already a search. You are now researching. Because there is something else to find out from the research. Are, are you getting this now? You know why I'm, I'm, I'm trying to explain this? Many believers are lazy. They are always looking for favor, prophecy. Oh, you are going to be a, a billionaire in the next three months. Amen. After all the prophecy and all the prayers and all of that, you must go to work. What are you doing? How? So the prayer this morning, this is a prayer charge. The prayer this morning is that God will rouse us up from our place of laziness. To begin to walk. Now, the first walk you must do that will advance you in your area is the work of knowledge. Knowledge is powerful. I get to know in Proverbs chapter 11. Look at Proverbs 11. He said, by knowledge, eh, the just shall be delivered. So, knowledge can deliver a man. Look at Proverbs chapter 11. Verse 9, he said, An hypocrite with his mouth destroyeth his neighbor, but through knowledge shall the just be delivered. The just, who is the just? The righteous. He is just, he is righteous, but he is bound. If he, and listen, you know, I've said it before. It is not God that will put knowledge in you. Eh? He will give you the, that's why I say, I give you ability to get, you have to go for knowledge. Those who know their God. So if God will put knowledge in you, eh, it means that he, he becomes a partial God. Because he should, he's supposed to put that knowledge in every head. So that everybody will, are you getting what I'm talking about? So, but what distinguishes between one believer and another believer is that one said, I want to know God. So he will set, set his heart to study the word of God, to know the ways of God. He will bring out time to pray, to seek God. Another believer is going about in ignorance. 
And that's why God said in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, He said, My people perish for lack of knowledge. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Those who know their God shall be strong, shall be strong. So when you know Him, you, you become strong. Knowledge makes a man strong in what you are doing. Okay, you say you're a businessman. What do you know about the business you are doing? Your lack of knowledge will always limit you. Now, let's take it very simple. When a man says he's sick, for example, why is it that he doesn't go to market and get um, any drug and take? He will go to a chemist or a pharmacist or a doctor. Am I correct? Why, why is he going to the doctor? Because this person is a human being like you. He has gotten knowledge in that area. So you have to submit to him to be able to receive help because of his knowledge. Now, a doctor may want to do something. And notice that he cannot do that particular thing. Maybe he wants to conduct an operation. You will see him, we start calling another doctor. Please, please come and help. Why is he calling that doctor? Because he knew that this one knows more than me, even though we are doctors. Are you getting me now? So you can see that the first advancement must be in advancement of knowledge. Many, many, many of us are very, very, you know, we don't take time to study, to learn what we are supposed to learn first, the knowledge of God. Those who know their God shall be strong. Knowledge transforms. It makes you strong. There was a case in 2 Kings chapter 6 where um, verse 15 to 17 where the Syrian army came to capture Elisha. Elisha was not bothered. He saw them, he was not bothered. The servant woke up and saw the army of Syria, uh, Syrians all over the place. And he shouted, he was, he was afraid. He said, alas, my master, we are finished here. Elijah said, calm down. There is something I know that you don't know that is making you afraid. Your ignorance is the reason behind your fear. Are you following me at all? They say, yes, uh, price of fuel has risen. This one has happened. And you are afraid. You are only afraid because there is something you don't know. They say, yes, uh, this one is happening. There is something you don't know about God. There is something you don't know about yourself being in Christ. There is something you don't know about the business, the thing you are doing. For you to move from one shop eh, to two shops, to three shops in that your business, you must go for knowledge. The reason why you remain there is that you can never... You have not gone for knowledge, and you can never ever rise above that managing that one shop until you get a higher knowledge. I don't know how many of us are interested in advancing. I will read for us before we pray the story of Job. In fact, let's go to the book of Job, chapter one, so that you will see that you know, look at Job, chapter one. This is a challenge if we don't rise up. Uh, we will remain where we are. And we, we say that, hey, God, God has not blessed us. God has not uh, favored us. Uh, and, no, 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 no. Look at the story of Job. Job chapter 1. He said, there was a man in the land of Uzzah uh, whose name was Job. 
And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. First of all, take note of Job's life. The first thing the Bible describes here is who Job is, his relationship with God, who he is. He said the man, the man was perfect. He was blameless. The man was upright. The word upright is that he speaks the truth. He's always truthful. In his business, in anything he does, his relationship with people is upright. And then he fears God. He fears God. When, when you want to know a man that fears God, you know a man that always remembers God, considers God, and keep, you say, keep, this is the summary of the whole commandment, Ecclesiastes 12, 13, fear God and keep his commandments. Keep his commandments. He said, by mercy and truth, iniquity are forgiven. But by fear of God, men depart from iniquity. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 6. Job feared God and eschewed evil. He shunned evil. He shunned evil. He don't participate in evil. If he's online with his phone and there is a, a pop-up of pornography, whether on Instagram or any of these social media or those kind of, you know, he shunned it. If you come to him to tell him the story of gossip about somebody, he will shun it. He said he shun evil. He doesn't permit evil because of his fear of God. A man that fears God and shun evil. Take note of who Job is first. Because we are going to see the works of his hand. We are going to see his prosperity. We are going to see his wealth shortly. But the first thing you must note is who he is. Because many of us, you, are, you want to have the prosperity of Job. You want to have the wealth of Job. But you, you have not paid attention to who Job is. For God to trust you with what he gave to Job, you must pay attention to who you are. With respect to God. If you go further, you will see that Job has a family. And he, he does very, very well to make sure that his children are raised up in the fear of God. Verse 2 says... There were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. Eh? And his sons, I am jumping verse 3. Let me just describe Job's level over his sons. Verse 4 now. His sons went and feasted in their houses every one his day and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink and so on. Verse 5. And so it was when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them. And rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did continually. This is Job. He was not just careful about his own life, shunning evil. He was also very careful to ensure that his children are doing well with respect to God. Are you following me? Now, I want you to see that when they finish feasting, the Bible says he will send. Pay attention to that word. He said that Job sent. That is, he will call all of them and say, all of you, my children, ten of you, come. And they will come. And then he will begin to sanctify them one by one. And after sanctifying them, he will still rise up early in the morning, the following day, to offer a burnt offering in sanctification of them. He said, this is what Job does always, always, continually. This is Job. You need to see Job first before you talk about his wealth. Because this is where many of us get it wrong. Eh? That God just increase your finance. You stop doing your quiet time. You stop following God. You stop living righteously. 
you notice that you are even backsliding. You are now becoming one with unbeliever. In trying to get contract, you are compromised. You are telling lies. You are telling lies now. I mean, your life is beginning to rot. You know who you are before. But the moment, this is the problem. And that's why God is warning. Don't forget. Don't chase after money, after mammon. Don't serve these things because they have the capacity of taking away your heart. You must be in touch with God first. And that's where our prayer will also channel and move this morning in that direction. Because if your heart is not right and the money begins to come, you will fall away. You can't stand it. And God will also notice that I won't even advance you further financially because what you have, the capacity you have, cannot ever contain what I'm about to send to you. You must develop this inner strength first. Now, what is it that distinguished Job from others? There is something that he knew about God that made him to say, no, I don't want to commit any sin. I don't want to do any evil. And even my children, this is when there is no Bible, there's no fellowship, there's no discipleship, there's no disciple, there's no pastor. There is something that he knew about God. There's something he knew God. Excuse me, you must pursue the knowledge of God first. You must pursue the knowledge of God first. And that will shape your life because what you know about God will make you to be confident in righteousness, confident in holiness. And you will not be shaken. Nobody will move you to do something that is wrong because you know your God. That was how Joseph, first of all, he was established in the knowledge of God. He refused to compromise. When he was tempted by Potiphar's wife, he said, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? There is God factor in his life. Daniel proposed in his heart that he will not defile himself. Before this man grows to greatness, there was this staunch consecration. Belief and faith in God by knowledge knowledge of what do you know about God God prosper me you shall be a millionaire amen what do you know about God how have you sought to know God and the knowledge of God has shaped your life your character your attitude look at Job look at what he does every day for his children look at what he does for his own life he was blameless he was perfect he was upright he was he, he fears God he shuns evil can this be said about you? This is one of the major prayers we are going to pray this morning. And then, beyond that, you can now see verse 3. The Bible says, His substance also, that is his, his wealth now, was 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, pay attention as we study the wealth of Job, and 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 she asses, and a very great household, that is, a lot of people are living in his house that are working with him, working for him. They are members of his household. So that this man was the greatest of all the men of the East. Who told you that a believer cannot be very wealthy? Who told you that a believer cannot be the, 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 the richest? Look at Job. It has happened before. The reason why we have the scripture is so that we see that what has happened before can happen again. But if I hear you say, God, I want to be the richest man in Nigeria, you have to be careful. And be sure that you have gotten the consecration of Job. Are you following me at all? Yes. You have to. Look at 7,000, 7,000. Just study it a bit. Sheep, 7,000. If a shepherd is to control sheep, 
how much we a shepherd control. If you are to give sheep to shepherd and that to take care of it very well, how much will you give to one shepherd? Eh? Maybe around 50. Am I correct? Now, if you divide 7,000 by 50, what do you think you are going to get? So that you get the number of shepherds that are taking care of Job's sheep. Are you getting me at all? This is Job's sheep industry. Now, you come to Job's um, camel industry. You have 3,000 camels. There are also those who are working in the camel industry, workers. Of course, you must have a manager for sheep industry. You must also have a, ma a manager for the camel industry. Are you following me? Then, you must also have a manager for the um, okay, 500 yoke of oxen. Now, I want us to look at this yoke of oxen in two dimensions. One, oxen, they are used for cultivation in those days. That is to tell you that Job is a, a terrible, let me not say, I don't know whether the word is terrible, he's a great farmer. He's a successful farmer. 500 what? Yoke of oxen. That is 1,000 ox. Uh, 1,000 oxen, yes. When you now say yoke of oxen, you have to bring two into one. So, and two of them coming together becomes a tractor. That's for cultivation. So, Job has 500 tractors. The reason why they, don't, they did not say five, five, uh, 1,000 oxen is that they are not referring to the uh, uh, the ox, they are not referring to them as animals. They are referring to them as instruments for farming. That's why they have to tell you yoke of oxen. I don't know whether you're getting what I'm talking about. So Job has 500 tractors. So it means that he has enough tractor for the cultivation of his own farm. And then he also has some for hiring. You know renting. When you want to hire a tractor, you come and pay. When you finish, that's a dimension of Job's business. Are you following me? Farming. He, that is, he was a very powerful farmer. Then another one is 500 she asses. She asses is known for carrying loads. So when Job uses the yokes of oxen to cultivate large pieces of land, then the she asses. Are you following me? When, during the time of harvesting rice, harvesting maize, harvesting cassava, all of them, those she asses are the, the I don't know what to call, the, 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 the pickup or whatever that you can use to bring, transport the farming product from the farm to where it will be eaten, to where it will be sold and all of that. Are you getting me at all? That is why you can imagine that for 500 she asses, there will be 500 drivers. For 500 uh, yokes of oxen, there should be at least 500 controllers that will be controlling the tractors. Are you getting me at all? You need to understand Job and his wealth. Now, let me ask you. Do you think that Job, with an empty head, without any knowledge about farming, without any knowledge about preserving, uh, uh, preserving processing the farm product, without any knowledge about, I mean, uh, uh, sheep rearing, listen, for every of this business, he has done it himself. So when he is employing people, he will put checks and balances on making sure that they are doing what they are supposed to do. Are you getting me at all? And you can imagine that the members of his household, he has also trained them, discipled them in the way of the Lord. I, I don't know whether you are following me at all. I, I wish you can understand what God is talking about this morning. 
Because many of us, you want God to advance you financially, economically, but you, first of all, there's no knowledge of God. Secondly, there's no knowledge of that business. You say you are into business. How many business books have you read? How many books on finance have you read? You are a man of God, you are a pastor, you want to go international. How many books have you read on leadership, on ministry? What is the knowledge you have about these things? Solomon said, I set my heart to, to seek and to study by wisdom. I got to know by wisdom that I'm supposed to study and search out diligence. Brothers and sisters, as we pray this morning, we are going to ask God to help our heart to return. To return. To, to, to diligent seeking of God. First, to know God. Second, to know what we are doing well. So that we can do it better. A man of knowledge increases in strength. Proverbs 24. I want to close with that scripture before we pray. Proverbs 24, verse 3. Proverbs 24, verse 3. Okay, let through wisdom is a house builded. And by understanding it is established. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. By knowledge shall the chambers. Look at what knowledge does. Everyone has what it does. Wisdom builds. Understanding establishes. Then knowledge. What does he do now? Knowledge is a true knowledge. Shall the chambers in the house be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. The difference between the rich and the poor is in what they know. What they know and what they and how they apply what they know. Wisdom is application of knowledge. When there is no knowledge, there is nothing to apply. I repeat, wisdom is application of knowledge. When there is no knowledge, there is nothing to apply. There are three steps to wisdom. Number one, acquiring of knowledge. Number two, understanding what you have acquired. Number three, applying it to actions, responsible actions. I want to start a business of poetry. Excuse me, you need to acquire knowledge about poetry business. You need to study it. You need to go and learn from somebody who is doing it. And then after that, you understand it very well. Because if you don't, the first 1,000 uh, 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 poetry chicks you are going to get, you may lose all of them in one night. Because you don't know how to manage them. That's how that business will crash. Your money will finish. Life is serious, brothers and sisters. And we have no excuse. We, we have no, we don't say to God, we are speaking in tongues, we are chanting and all of that. And that is why we are failing economically. Power to get wealth. We must be diligent to start each day. Personally, is a vow, is a covenant. Each day, I try to advance in my knowledge of God. I try to advance in my knowledge of the ministry. In my knowledge of the work is a deliberate. This is my business. I don't know how you are advancing in your own business. You are a civil servant. I just pray that God will help us as we pray because there are many things to say, but. Before we just preach without praying, let me stop here. 
Let me stop here. In verse 10 of Job chapter 1, I needed to touch it. I need to touch it. You know, God saw Satan and said, where are you from? He said, I'm to and fro. He said, have you seen my servant Job? That there's nobody like him. You know what he said to God? He's, he's serving you because you have blessed him. He said, have you not, did you know you, that met head around him? Around his, his uh, house? Around all that, he, I want you to see that. Around all that he has. Job chapter 1. It's very important, verse 10. He said, has thou not met a hedge about him and about his house, about all that he has on every side, on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. You made a hedge about him, about his house family, about everything, on every side. How did the devil know that on every side that God made hedge? He has tried all sides to attack Job. I don't know whether you're following me. He, he has tried to... He, he come to this side, he met a hedge. He said, ah, wow. He said, okay, let me attack him from the other angle. He went to attack his uh, business. He met hedge in his business. How? Job has known how to pay his tithe. And God was there to rebook the borders. He has known how to, you know, appreciate God. Do you know what he uses for his bond offerings? From his business, the animals. How did he come about this? As he continued to fear God, God said, yes, my head will be around you. That's another aspect we're going to be praying about too. And then he said, you have blessed the work of his hand. Yesterday we blessed the work of our hand. But you must be diligent today and from today in that work of your hand. He said, and his substance has increased in the land. Just appreciate God for his word. And then as uh, we pray, there are many points to pray this morning. I just want you to first of all say, Father, thank you for your light. Thank you for your revelation. Thank you for showing me light this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Just appreciate me. And then begin to pray. I don't know the area that God has challenged you as a person in this church. Begin to pray. Begin to pray in that area. Pray in tongues. Thank you for listening. I trust you are blessed by God's word. This message and many more can be downloaded from our Telegram, podcast, and YouTube channels at Chidebele Uteze. For testimonies, counseling, and prayers, you can send an email to calvarywayrevivallabels at gmail.com or call 080-6560-7999. And you can also follow us on our social media handles at Chidebele Uteze. God bless you.